Welcome to Wind Up Weekly. I'm Matthew Gorn. And I'm Katie Canfield. And we're here to share the week's news and wine. This week on Wind Up Weekly, international drinks corporations pause social media advertising in protest at racist content. Delta Airlines extend alcohol service on some flights. UK packaging company launches wine bottle made of paper. And another celebrity wine, this time from Mary J. Blige. And as ever, our wine of the week. Well, let's begin with our week in wine. And for you, Katie, you continued the Batonage Forum series online. That's right. We just completed our third week and we have one more to go. And last week we had two sessions, uh, breakout sessions. So a little bit smaller, meant to be more interactive. And one was about uh, the art of writing and limiting beliefs. So it involved a little bit of meditation, uh, a walkthrough of this limiting limiting beliefs uh, practice, which Ashley Darling led us through. And it was really, for me, interesting because it sort of push the boundaries for what virtual webinars are really capable of doing. I think all of the other webinars that we've held through Batonage Forum and in the other work that I do uh, has been very much you have your speakers, your panelists on video, and then you have your attendees who can post questions through the chat, the Q&A. But this we decided to bring in our attendees as panelists so that they could then turn on their video if they chose and then speak if they would like. One thing I really liked, which I hadn't um, seen before, was as a participant, um, Ashley was asking us to change our names on the screen to how we were feeling, what we wanted to get out of the um, the webinar, and kind of how we defined ourselves and our behaviour and or what was our positive trait. So our names kept changing, which I really, really liked. A nice way of making it interactive without it being too busy. And that's something that you couldn't really have done in an in-person event, you know, it was something that was exclusively unique to a virtual setup. And then uh, Jane Portnoy was the other speaker and she led us in some writing prompts uh, and everyone had seven minutes to write on certain subjects. So it was just really empowering to see everybody willing to go on camera and sort of expose themselves, be vulnerable, even in an online space. Yeah, I found it very interesting and very helpful. And then there was another webinar as well, which I found fascinating. Uh, Three fascinating women talking about communication. Yeah, we had two uh, kind of wine business news savvy ladies, uh, Aaron Kirshenman of Wine Business Monthly and Felicity Carter of Menninger's uh, Wine Business International. And then we had Allison Park, who owns her own Bren Whiskey Company, and she brought some really interesting insight to how to manage sales teams, uh, which, as we know, with a three-tier system here in the U.S., uh, that's very important. And both um, Felicity and Allison are interesting because they are able to look at um, how they've interacted with people from an outsider's perspective, if you like. Um, so Alison's whiskey um, is actually made in cognac in France, and she's American. So there's a lot of kind of bridges to cross in making uh, whiskey and being successful. And I have to confess, I have ordered some so we can taste some next week. Um, I never actually had it before, so very interested to taste it. And then Felicity's Australian, and so she's worked in the UK and now she's in Germany. So again, she's experienced different cultures. And she has a lot of good anecdotes, which are good because they're funny, but good because they're also pointed. And she made one observation that 
being in a foreign environment can actually be an advantage. And so she said when she works with the French, the French just assume that all Australians are, bar- bar- are barbarians and that they can barely use a knife and fork. And so she's able to take advantage of that because when she asks for them for information, they give it to her because she's a barbarian and will have no idea what to do with it. Whereas if she was French, they'd be much more reluctant to share information with it. Yeah, so she can ask the hard questions like about money and, and those sorts of things that the French wouldn't typically provide answers to. So, yep, another great week, and we're looking forward to this coming week in the last three sessions. So for any of you that are signed up, hope to see you there. And more international connections made here. Matthew, you had an interview with a German tour guide earlier this week, didn't you? I did. He's called Jerome Heinz, and he um, works in the Mosul and Rheingau, um, giving tours, which obviously he's not able to do right now, so he had some time to spare. And a couple of weeks ago, he wrote me an email politely criticising one of my podcasts that it wasn't quite up to date as it should be. And it was three years old and I was looking to update my podcast episodes anyway. So I seized on that opportunity to interview him about what's happening in Germany right now, all the recent trends. And it's great because both of us were supposed to be in Germany in, in March and were unable to do so. And of course, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Germany was to learn what's happening there right now. So this was a, a good alternative to that. And he's very interesting. We uh, discussed lots of aspects of German wine and that will be coming up in the next few weeks. There's three different episodes on my other podcast, Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. Which you can also access on Apple Podcasts, right? Just as you can this podcast. Well, can't wait to listen to them. Meanwhile, on with the news. Several major international corporations this week announced that they would pause advertising on social media platforms for the month of July. The announcements came after six weeks of pressure from six groups joined together under the Stop Hate for Profit campaign, the groups being National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League, Color of Change, Sleeping Giants, Common Sense, and Free Press. They argued that hate groups were using Facebook and Instagram as a platform for their messaging, without any censorship from the social media giants. The corporations who announce that they are boycotting social media advertising include Diageo, Brown Foreman, Beam Centauri, Britvic, Unilever, and Coca-Cola. Following its pledge in June to set up a $20 million fund for black communities and businesses, Diageo declared their intent on avoiding social media advertising, without specifying which channels, due to the presence of unacceptable content appearing near their ads. Beam Centauri followed suit, stating that, quote, We stand up for what's right, and we stand with all those who are committed to the fight against hate speech, racism, and prejudice. That's why Beam Centauri is joining hashtag Stop Hate for Profit, pausing all paid Facebook and Instagram advertising in the U.S. across our brand portfolio throughout July. We hope this collective action helps catalyze positive change and accountability, and we will evaluate our advertising approach beyond July as we await Facebook's response, end quote. Brown foremen are also pausing advertising in order to reflect on how they can better tackle racism, and non-alcohol beverage companies are acting likewise, including Coca-Cola, Britvic, and Unilever. I think this story is very interesting and very important because these are big uh, corporations with a lot of power. And um, it's about time that a company like Facebook realized that it has social responsibility 
and that it needs to use it wisely. Uh, we've seen that Twitter has finally begun to censor some of Donald Trump's tweets and some other uh, right-wing commentators who uh, openly state racist statements on the social media platform. But Facebook has been much more reluctant and seeing that they shouldn't, they're not in position to censor people. It's not their responsibility. Um, but I believe it is. And I think we're at a point where they're going to have to face up to that. Yeah, and I think it's very, it gives me hope anyway that this sort of uh, influx in, in interest in Black Lives Matter and, you know, really promoting social justice uh, will continue. And that, you know, with these big names uh, committing to it and putting all their mighty corporate strength behind it, that this will actually inspire change, which, which needs to happen. Yeah, and I personally can be dismissive of these big companies that it's just all about money rather than um, quality or responsibility, but they do have the power because of their position and their money to affect change. And it seems that they're actually taking a stance, which is great. The pod reported a couple of weeks ago on the airline's removal or part removal of alcoholic beverages on their flights. Delta this week extended its onboard beverage service to include wine and beer on First Class and Delta Comfort Plus flights over 500 miles. The airline had continued to offer alcohol on long-haul flights, but after careful consideration have decided to expand the service, albeit in a still limited capacity. The company said that they'd listen to their customers and would offer drinks in as safe an environment as possible, with drinks served on trays to limit contact between um, stewards and passengers. Virgin Atlantic and EasyJet are still not serving alcoholic drinks, though in contrast, British Airways seem to have been much more liberal in their policy and continue to serve alcohol on most of their flights. Well, so that partly answers my question, I guess, that I raised uh, last time we reported on this, and if it applied to first class and business class passengers, and apparently it did if uh, Delta is just now uh, bringing it back online. So this is all a bit of a delicate balancing act for airlines who have been losing lots of money, uh, staying safe while keeping passengers and customers happy. And we all know that a little bit of libation on in route and on flight is a way to do that. Yes, and I think the distinction between a passenger and customer is quite important. The customer is more important than a passenger. But if a customer is demanding certain things, then the airline's got to provide them somehow. But at the same time, of course, staying safe is very important. And this is the important balancing act that not just airlines face, but society in general. So um, on Saturday, England opened its pubs back again at 6am in the morning. And an odd time to choose, but apparently it's so that pubs wouldn't open at midnight and people would get drunk in the middle of the night. It's more at 6am where fewer pubs are open anyway, so it's more of kind of a bureaucratic thing. Uh, but apparently it went off without uh, too much fuss, which is a good thing because people were quite worried. Uh, in Florida, it's not so good. They're having record spikes. They've had um, another 100,000 cases of coronavirus in just the last couple of weeks. Um, so not too good there. And so here we are in California where things are opening up. And how's it going, Katie? Well, up here in the North Bay, I think numbers are climbing. However, uh, we're still on track with businesses being open and operating in a, a limited capacity, but still able to have their doors open. Everybody encouraged to wear their masks. But in Southern California, you know, shutdown has sort of started again. So we're almost in that second phase, even though the first phase never really completed. Right, so everyone's reacting differently, and certainly um, different people have different attitudes towards wearing masks and whether to go out or not. I think people here are being pretty careful and pretty cautious. Hashtag wear your mask. (laughs) 
a British packaging firm, Frugal Pack, yes, it is called Frugal Pack, have launched a paper wine bottle made from 94% recycled paperboard. Like a glass bottle, it's 750 ml in size, but is five times lighter and its water footprint is four times lower. And according to the company, its carbon footprint is a third lower than a plastic bottle with just 15 grams of plastic used. It can hold both wine and spirits and can be refrigerated and easily recycled. Frugal Pack also uses all this extra space on the paper bottle to do branding in a kind of a 360 degree way uh, versus front label and back label as you often see with traditional glass bottles. The introduction of this bottle follows Carlsberg's paper beer bottle, which was launched last year, and Frugal Pack have also developed a coffee cup, which is 96% recycled paper. So I think this story is quite interesting. It seems quite innovative and maybe quite practical, especially for less expensive wine that's not going to age for a very long time. If it's going to be consumed within a few months of um, production, then maybe the paper's just okay. Well, it's really not that far of a cry from the bag-in-box, right? And definitely even more sustainable because you don't have all the plastic that's involved with the bag-in-box. Perhaps it won't have the same longevity as a bag-in-box, but I think from a sustainable point of view, you know, with the weight and the carbon footprint that it takes to create these paper bottles, and that's going to be very advantageous and appealing to consumers. Yeah, and I have to say, I prefer it to a can. It seems more sustainable, but also less of an effect on the taste, possibly. Obviously, we haven't tried any of these wines that are in paper bottles, but I think I would choose paper over um, aluminium. Yeah, it would be great to get our hands on some of these and try it out. Yeah, apparently there's a northern Italian producer which has um, been using this paper bottle. They're the first ones to use it, so we'll see if this spreads. <laughs> A recurring news item on the pod over the last few weeks has been the release of celebrity wines. The pod has reported on wines released by celebrities as different as Snoop Dogg, Philip Schofield, Kylie Minogue, Sarah Jessica Parker and cricketer Ian Botham. Now, R&B legend Mary J. Blige has got in on the act with a label called Sun Goddess, producing collaboration with northern Italian producer Fantinel. There are two wines, a Pinot Grigio and a Sauvignon Blanc, both from Frulli. The Pinot Grigio actually sounds quite interesting, as it is made in the Romato style, Romato being Italian for copper. And it was Mary J. Blige's idea to make a rosé from Pinot Grigio and turn to Frulli after asking where the world's best Pinot Grigio was made. And the wine gets its rosé, or copper colour, from being left on its skins during maceration, Pinot Grigio of course having pink-coloured skins. The name of the brand, Sun Goddess, apparently comes from a nickname Mary J. Blige's mother gave her due to her love of the sun. And the wines retail for $20 in the US, which is a little bit more expensive than a lot of these celebrity wines retail for. And it does sound like she's put a bit of thought and effort into it. Certainly does, as have these other celebs that have you know recently launched their brands. They all seem quite well thought out. And it is sort of a question is, why are all these celebrities so attracted to Rosé? And I think the answer really is that, you know, Rosé has just seen this incredible rise in demand from consumers and celebrities are all about giving the people what they want. I think the answer is also Brangelina, isn't it? They were kind of the first celebrities to get on the Rosé bandwagon 
And as you mentioned, these celebrities do seem very invested in their wines. I think Snoop Dogg is perhaps the one exception to that. He just seems to have lent, it, lent his name to the wine. Uh, but the others have really thought about the blend and the great varieties and the style of wine. And it seems to be the case with Mary J. Blige as well, picking Pinot Grigio from Frulli. And I agree, that is the best region in Italy for um, Pinot Grigio. And offering the Ramato style too, which is generally, I would say, not very well known in the U.S. I know a couple of producers that are that are doing it, and they're committed winemakers. So the fact that you know this is a celebrity coming in new to the game and is interested in creating that style of wine is really interesting, and I kind of look forward to trying it. Right. Apparently, they're available by uh, Wine.com um, here in the U.S. Of course they are. Yeah, what isn't? Uh, But it is funny because there are producers here in California who do the same thing and they're really trendy and cutting edge and people will pay lots of money for them. Um, But here's someone very famous doing the same thing. And now for our wine of the week, which comes from Italy, from Piemonte. The producer is Sottimano and the wine is called Mate and the vintage is 2019. So why do we choose this wine, Katie? It's a very young red wine, isn't it? Well, I'm continuing to study the Wine Scholar Guild Italy course, Northern Italy, so it seemed appropriate to open a bottle from Piemonte. What I've been learning is just how many grape varieties and DOCs and DOCGs there are in Italy. I was quite literally hitting my head on the table last night as I was getting through the latest webinar, making it clear the more you study, the more intimidating the world of Italian wine can be, or so it seems. And this wine is an example of that, as there's no indication of the grape variety on the label or what the wine might or might not taste like. So I opened it having no idea what it was, and absolutely fell in love with it. And then I blind tasted you on it. And I failed completely, even though I tried the wine a few days before. I'd caravaned it. Yes, I loved the Russian River Valley Pinot Noir idea. That was that was good. It tasted like Pinot Noir. It had those aromatics, um, but it also tasted Italian. So I was quite confused as to what it was. I felt a bit embarrassed having tasted it just a few days previously. So what is this wine? We know it's not Russian River Valley Pinot Noir, that's for sure. Well, it's by an esteemed Barbaresco producer called Sotimano. But like many Nebbiolo producers, they make a whole range of wines to bring in the money while the higher-end wines age. This one is most unusual, and it probably doesn't bring in that much money, but something that they're experimenting with, maybe. It's called Mate, and it's made from the Brichetto grape variety, which is usually made in a sweet, lightly sparkling, low-alcohol style, the red equivalent of Moscato d'Asti. But this is a completely dry and still wine with alcohol of 13%. The name Mate refers to the vineyard, which has one hectares of 40-year-old Brichetto vines on it. And it's a young wine. It's, you know, as we said, it's from 2019, and it's designed to be drunk young, uh, Beaujolais-like in its style, with, with perfumed aromas, high acidity, light tannins, and crunchy fruits. And I, you know, just after popping the cork and smelling it without really knowing what it was, I, it, I, it became clear that it was a wine that should have a little bit of chill. And so popped it in the fridge, and when we tasted it, you you actually mentioned that it was indeed supposed to have some chill to it, and I think it really helped it. Uh, we had enjoyed it with a, a nice pasta dish with lots of olive oil and lots of garlic, and it was beautiful. Absolutely. And I think this trend for serving red wine slightly chilled is definitely growing. I think consumers are becoming more open to it, and this style of wine definitely uh, fits with that. And it's only uh, $22, $23, so it's a really good price. Um, So we definitely recommend it. 
Yes, and on these hot California days, a red wine with a little bit of chill never goes awry. Yeah, so it's got everything going for it. Cheers to that. So that's it for Wind Up Weekly this week. I'm Katie Canfield. I'm Matthew Gone. Join us next week for another Wind Up. And in the meantime, we ask that you please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, That helps other listeners searching for the news in wine to find us. Especially if the reviews are positive. That's right. See you next week. Cheerio!